Hey everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend on Spotify or wherever you guys are listening to the podcast. I am the host, Josh Sanchez, and the purpose of Your Spiritual Best Friend is to connect spirituality, mental health, and astrology all in one because it's important for everyone to realize that we are all on our own spiritual journey at the end of the day. So the more we open up, the more we are able to connect with each other and grow as a collective society. So sit back and relax and enjoy your spiritual best friend. Hey everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Today's episode talks about the story of Martin. Martin is a spiritual teacher that has also mastered three languages and has always had a passion for helping others. Our podcast, we really get into a lot of Martin's journey from struggling to find himself to really finding and reconnecting with nature. We also talk about totem animals and spirit animals, and the conversation is really cool, and I 10 out of 10 recommend you guys to really focus in on your dreams and the animals that you constantly see around you, because maybe they are your own spirit animals. But you can check out Martin and all of his work by clicking in the links in the show description, and if you guys ever want to know more about spirit animals and all that stuff, you can message Martin personally on his social media. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Martin. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with a very special guest, Martin. Martin, what's going on, and how are you doing today? I'm doing, I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation, and I'm, I'm uh, happy to hang out with my spiritual best friend. So what's going on? Oh man, nothing much. It's just been obviously very busy and stuff. And, you know, just another day in our spiritual journey. Um, And, and Martin, I think really just to, to start off our whole conversation, um, I know you're very big into like helping people. Where did that passion really stem from for you? That's a good question, I guess. Um, it is partly knowing how shitty life can feel, you know, and how it feels if I don't know how to uh deal with that actually so i i think my passion comes from i was i was stuck in something that was really not feeling too great and i found a way that helped me a lot and so i feel like maybe there's more people out there who don't know what they can do or what they can actually become you know and so um that's my passion to to just reach as many people as who are willing to to actually listen and maybe take away a little bit from my journey from what I learned. Yeah, and and I know you mentioned Martin towards the end of your answer that like you've definitely went through a journey and you're really trying to help others go through their own journeys and that really leads me just like right to my next question. Like so let's say someone comes to you, you know, you know like asking for help, what do you like really do when it comes to like your practice and stuff to really help them really find themselves? So I would say my observation is that most, most not all, but most people don't know really what to do with their lives. It's kind of like, what is my meaning? What is my purpose? What am I doing here? Like, there's a there's a great movie with Ryan uh, Reynolds where he keeps on asking, what am I doing here? You know, so um, 
that would be just like that would be the most common question and when people come to me uh what we do is we'll just try to find it you know and, and it's not too hard because our emotions if we know how to look we can actually find uh the biggest pain but also the biggest ambition and uh by just creating a roadmap and letting go of old stuff and inviting new stuff uh, that's a, that's a really simplified version we we get to experience a different life because it's completely different you know we turned around or turned things around more or less we didn't turn around but we turned things around and I can definitely see how, especially like through like life events and stuff, we tend to, we can lose ourselves in the process. We we lose the things that we enjoy doing. We lose the things that really make us like that inner kid. And I like to say the inner kid, the inner child um, because of life stressors and stuff. And we, we definitely lose that aspect. So credit to you, Martin, for trying to really help people regain that and really try and try to get them on that right path. Cause like you mentioned, we are on our own spiritual journeys and stuff like that too. But just continuing everything, I know when it comes to work, I know you travel a lot. How how has your what's your overall history been with like traveling and really trying to find yourself and also continue to do the work that you love to do? Yeah, so that's uh, that, you're really doing a great job, by the way. I love your questions. So uh, the the traveling, I don't, I think some people might be able to relate to that. The traveling was actually a cause for not wanting to be where I was. I felt really shitty where I was. And so I just thought this has to be with uh, this place. So I need to go to another place. And then you go to another place. And in the beginning, it's fine. And then it turns into shit again. So my traveling in the, in the beginning was mostly wanting to get away from stuff, you know, and then realizing, okay, it's actually not working. Like, uh, wanting to go away from a certain family issue or something I have is actually making it worse because I'm trying to avoid it and it will just increase and intensify. So, but uh, my traveling, um, my traveling has always been, I went to a certain place and then I stayed there for a couple of months to a couple of years. And then I moved uh, on, you know, so I'm not I'm not a globetrotter in the sense that I've seen the whole world, but I've stayed extensive amounts of time in different places and the beauty of that is i felt these places all every every place i went to taught me some important lesson and was supporting me in the steps i was going through at the time so that's why i love going uh going away and coming back in a sense because we we have these different teachers in form of people different languages different uh, landscapes different animals you know so hawaii for example uh, where I live right now in Europe is there's no ocean and I have to drive maybe four hours to the Netherlands to be at the ocean. But one thing I love when I'm when I when I'm back in Hawaii is that the ocean is always there, you know, because it's such a great teacher and it also feels so nice to just be in the ocean, you know. So yeah. Yeah, Martin, just just to add, like as I was hearing you describe like like certain places that you go to, you know, like you have, we have like this deeper spiritual connection to, it's kind of hard really to explain kind of with words. Like I just know for myself, like I I've pictured whenever I go down to the beach, I live in the East coast in America. So around the Philadelphia area. So I'll go down to the Delaware shore, but for some reason, like I, I've taken trips to different beaches down in the East, down in the Eastern coast. And I've had a different like spiritual feeling 
in all these places. Like for me, the the place, the the beach on the East Coast where I know I can go to and I just had like this more deeper spiritual connection was definitely when I went with my girlfriend down to Virginia Beach a couple of years ago. We just went and it just immediately clicked. It was just something about the water, the atmosphere, the people around. Like it really just helped us just reground ourselves and we really just felt in tune with nature there. Whereas like with Delaware beaches, they're still fun, but I did, it was just more of like a deeper spiritual meaning in certain places you go. So as I was hearing your answer, I was like, I mean, seeing Hawaii, being around the beach and the shore and then also going and living in Germany as well and, and being around there. Um, so those two different environments can give you two different things. Absolutely. And I, I just returned in February from uh, from a stay in Norway where I was in the middle of the mountains, a lot of snow, kind of like maybe the, the northern uh, U.S. states or Canada, you know, where it's just so much snow that it's never ending. As soon as like when it starts, it's not ending. And the beauty is that environment is also so beautiful. You know, there's certain other things that come up in that kind of environment in a winter when there is not a lot of sunlight, when I didn't actually see the sun directly for two months because it was behind the, staying behind the mountains. So, um, so many different places that, that give us what we need at the time and help us grow, help us transform and evolve. Have you guys heard about Anchor by Spotify as being the easiest way to make a podcast? Let me explain. It's free. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Best of all, when even hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, like I said before, Anchor is totally free. So pick up your phones, laptops, or whatever you use and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hope to hear your podcast. So when it comes to like spirit animals and stuff, one, like how do you feel about them overall? And two, like what have you realized with like spirit animals and stuff like that? Since I'm working with spirit animals or totem animals in, 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 in my education, I was taught in, uh, in the shamanic teachings, which a big part of is the shamanic journey. One of the, one of the first few things we learn when we start out with that, with, on, on that road is to get to know your totem animal or spirit animal. And so um, every person finds their totem animal who is participating at the workshop. Some, some, people, um, some people find animals they have always been close to. Others find animals that, or animals show up that they, they would never have expected, where they feel like, well, I, I had never anything to do with that animal. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter if, if I had a, a, a toy or something as a kid that has been that animal, and, I, and, and it's not that then it just means that it is different attributes because the animals that show show each show up as spirit animals have kind of a unique characteristic and when we observe animals in nature we can learn a lot about the animals but also about ourselves 
And I love to uh, bring up the example for the jaguar and the uh, leopard, which are basically to the to the untrained eye, people couldn't even say what is what because they they only know this is a big cat. It has a kind of like a repeating fur pattern. But the difference between uh, those two, especially in in conflict situations, is that the jaguar is really muscle muscular and really powerful. So they approach head on. They just attack from the front and the leopard is slimmer and is also more kind of like uh in the in the back and has to kind of sneak around a little bit because they are not as powerful they cannot cannot uh, resolve conflicts by brute force but have to kind of like revert back to a certain technique so uh knowing that when when the leopard is my totem animal i know maybe i had on collision or a conflict head on without preparation without kind of like Grounding myself is not the best idea because I'm not the most powerful in these situations. You know, that is just one example where it's helpful to know about environments and uh, what what our totem animal is, is strong in, what is enemies, you know, is it like, I don't know, there's so many, so many things we could look at and then just see how does that apply to me? How do I feel in that situation? Well, yeah, I'm I'm getting like I'm getting like this like spirit animal and stuff like that too is just like it's helping us really like connect with the environment more, be more observant of like the animals that are around us. And and once we're once we're able to be more aware of the animals that are around us, you know, or the animals that are consistently showing in our lives, you know, and their qualities and their traits, we can also learn from them just as much as like because we're all like connecting together. Um, so as I was hearing you like this like describe that answer, I was like, wow, like, this is really cool. Cause my next question is like how Cause like, I know for like, for other people that, cause I know, especially here in the United States, when it comes to nature, we have definitely had a history of doing the exact opposite of respecting nature, obviously. So like, how would, how would a person really find like their totem animal or like that spirit animal? So I would say the first important thing is that I am open to finding my totem animal. And that is not meant as a judgment. It's just like, there are some people who cannot remember dreams because at some point maybe they decided I don't really want to remember my dreams because maybe they were too traumatic or nightmarish or painful or whatever. And so if I doubtful in the beginning and I think this is probably not working for me or any kind of like negative self-limiting beliefs, then it might be difficult. But if you're open and willing to work on it, if it doesn't work out the first time, it will the next or the, the, the time after that. And it's basically a real um simple shamanic journey um a shamanic journey is for the sake of the argument and to take to spare some time is just like meditation where images come up where we see things hear things where we just are perceiving but not through the eyes or our main senses but it's it's different but it's like a meditation just like i said to save some time. And so the totem animal journey is where we seek, go out and seek that animal. We, we call for our totem animal to, to show up. And then if animals show up, we converse with them, ask them, are you my totem animal? So that's kind of like the basic gist. The reason why I feel so strongly about the work that I do is because I was not a very environmentally conscious person when I started to do this work. 
and through the work we connect with nature like you said and we we look at animals we see we see them more as the same but different than us rather than that we we can own any part of their reality you know to be to be like more loving towards everything that is alive you know and so i feel that strongly about it because that is what has gotten lost and what we really uh need to find in order to be able to not tackle but maybe maybe to steer through the climate crisis that is ahead you know so i feel that is an important step where people are able to slowly reconnect with nature through these kind of teachings through the work which has been always there it's kind of like shamanism even though there's not one approach but it's just basically one of the oldest ways of connection that has existed for a long time yeah definitely martin and i will say like like i i completely agree you know like we really need to reconnect with nature and credit to you for 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 doing a lot of practices and really trying to help people do that because it's it's so important um reconnecting with nature and stuff and and even for you like to admit like Hey, and there was a time where like, I definitely did not have that connection with nature. And now through your own spiritual journey, you're able to reconnect with nature. And now you're able to help others and really grow. It's crazy how like, once we start, uh, when we are on our spiritual journeys, you know, like we're starting to realize and pick up on things. And as we're growing, we're completely a different person than we once were. And just like my next question, just for you, Martin, is like, because I know from like starting in your journey, you know, you, you, you had to really find that connection with nature. Um, when it comes to advice, what's some advice that you would give to someone that is really struggling to really try and find themselves or just need to take those first couple steps in their own spiritual journey? Relax, you know, breathe, sit down. There's nothing that needs to be done that is kind of like as a main statement, there is nothing that needs to be done because I'm already... I'm already here. I've already arrived, even though it doesn't feel like it. I, I feel I need to do all that stuff. I need to go to workshops. I need to check out my spiritual best friend on podcasts and li listen to every episode five times, you know, to really get all out of it. But um, to someone who's, who's starting out, there's this beautiful quote from the Buddha. And it's, I'm, I'm not a historian, so I don't know if that's true, but that's what the reference I usually read. And it says, before enlightenment, we chop wood and we carry water. After enlightenment, we chop wood and we carry water. So there is this kind of like this infamous enlightenment where it feels like I'm done. I have like, I'm, I'm done. I don't need to do, I'm happy. I'm glad I'm in constant bliss. That is just not happening you know so to just see we are we are evolving we are a species that is continuously evolving and learning and we are here to make to, to realize like life itself and there's no nothing else to then consciousness experiencing itself and to experience that you know i am consciousness you are consciousness we are both experiencing consciousness and so uh, there's nothing to do. That's what, what I would say. Just breathe. If, uh, follow your passion. You know, if, if something interests me, I was, I was hooked on uh, Eckhart Tolle the, the first time I listened to his, his book. And uh, passion led me down 
into that spiritual rabbit hole where I just always felt like, oh, I haven't read this book and this really interests me and it kind of like resonates with me. It's not that I think I have to learn what is what is said or I have to kind of like do anything, but it just felt so good to listen to these teachers to me. And that was my way, you know, other people's way is different, but follow your passion, follow what feels good to you. And then always knowing there's nothing, nothing to do or uh, no place to be. It's just here right now. Yeah. It's, it's like staying in and finding ways to stay in the present moment because there's so many things in our life, Martin, again, we can, there's so many things that we've done in the past that we can regret. And there's so many things in the future that we worry about. And like, it, we're just constantly in that state, like, oh, I'm over worried about this, or I need to over plan, or oh, I made so many mistakes in the past where it's like, how are you doing now in this present moment? Um, just, just to add to your answer, Martin, just like regrounding yourself, everything's going to be okay. Realizing that is a great, great, great piece of advice, Martin. And, and I really appreciate your answer. Um, but yeah, Martin, so just continuing a little bit, I know we talked a lot about like your own spiritual journey and, and. I know I really appreciate you being able to be open up and to realize like, hey, like the root causes of like why you like to travel and stuff just to really find like yourself. Um, if you had to go back in time and ask like your past self, like what's some advice that you would give to your past self that you did not know now? I think the the difficulty is and that, that it, I love that question, but that question is a paradox, you know, because because I made these mistakes, because I everything that I did to till the day today was part of my journey so it feels like wanting to to i don't know maybe shove something really big through a needle hole you know like it is it is almost impossible it is impossible <laughs> so um but i would i would tell my myself if if i was able to listen at that time which i am doubting that I would listen to me <laughs> the part the way I was back then, but um, to just, yeah, follow your heart. You know, like I said before, follow your passion. So many, so many people do certain things out of reasons that are not created in a way that they want to be creating them. It is more like I have to do certain things or obligations or responsibilities. I need to provide for my family, which is, it's all important, but to try to trying to do that through the, what, what is it that my heart is telling me and then to integrate that and provide for my family by being true to myself. But that is a really difficult thing to tell someone because maybe they haven't suffered enough if i talk to myself you know if i would tell myself i would probably not listen suffer 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 until i remember there was this dude that told me something so maybe maybe i shouldn't be looking at what other people expect of me and start doing my own thing which took me a long time that's why i said it you know i was i was probably 35 when i realized why don't I just do what I want, you know, rather than fulfilling other people's expectations of what I should be doing? Yeah, Martin, and that's definitely a, and credit to you for taking that step. And, and, and a point that I always want to tell people, too, is we are all on our own, like, spiritual journey. So it's like whenever, whenever you realize you have that realization moment, like, that's OK. Like for you, it was 35. For other people, it's younger. For other people, it's older. Like I interviewed someone that 
that got her that got her PhD at at like fifty. So it's like we we all have like these different. We all have our own spiritual timeline and credit to you, Martin, for realizing that. Um, And that leads me just like right to my next question, because I know when it comes to like relationships, whether that's relationships with family, relationships with friends, relationships in general, we we learn a lot of things throughout our, our journey in our relationships. So like my question just for you is when it comes to like relationships, what are some things that you have learned, whether that's relationships with family, friends? loved ones, even with yourself, that you know, like, what are some things that you've learned from all that and your experience? Yeah, right down to the core of things, right? <clears throat> Ram, Ram Dass' quote, uh, and, and now we, we speak again about light, enlightenment, but Ram Dass said, if you think you're enlightened, go home to your family. And uh, I, th- I love that quote because it is just so true, right? That we get triggered immediately, or I do at least, by by certain things my my parents do or my brother does. And so I think it's important to, as difficult as it is, to not take things personally. And with family, like you spoke about relations and relationships in general. And I would say the closer we, we closer, we let people, we, we let them come kind of like let our guards down or where we kind of like the more connected we are the the dif- more difficult it is to really not take things personally but what i what i learned over the years with working with my family a lot like me not that we sat together but i was working with family issues in my training is that if we don't take things personally and 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 learn to look through the other person's eye then um and to be like to to be compassionate you know then um there is not as much drama or no drama depending on how how well we're doing in that sense that uh nobody nobody intentionally hurts anyone maybe a few i i don't know but like i've not learned of anyone who intentionally felt like treating their loved ones shitty because they wanted to and going back to my past, when I was treating my, my ex-girlfriend uh, badly, the feeling I had was, I don't want to do this. Like, I, as, as if I was just looking over my shoulder and there was some mean guy being really mean and I felt like, I don't want this. I want to have a good time, you know? So I feel everybody really wants that. And so if we're able to be compassionate, which is difficult, I always say that being compassionate with our family who hurt us and kind of like maybe created this or that trauma when we were younger um, is 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 difficult but it is definitely a thing that helps us have much more positive and loving relationships Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Podcash as a collaboration between Racket and Stir. Podcash gave away over $100,000 to up and coming podcasters as a way to support insanely creative and inspiring podcasters. We know how difficult it can be to get a podcast off the ground and running. 
But with PodCash, it's a great way to get cash. And best of all, it's all free for your podcast. So if podcasting has been on your to-do list or you're already a podcaster, go to podcash.com to stay up to date with future podcast happenings. That's again, podcash.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-H.com. I hope to see your future podcast. Hey guys, since you made it this far into the podcast, why not drop a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you guys listen to the podcast? And if you guys really like the podcast and really want to follow it, send it to a friend, family member, or anyone else that would really impact from listening to the podcast. Like I mentioned before, your subscriptions and your follows and everything would mean a lot to the podcast and help boost the podcast overall. So I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast and continue to enjoy your spiritual best friend. First, I want to say credit to you for for being very open and being able to like share like obviously because I know that's I know it's very hard to share and, and to open up when it comes to like stressors, you know, like for me, like I, I, I definitely can relate to you as well, because a lot of my family, a lot of my relationships with my family I'm still in the process of, you know, like trying to help them out and trying to work things out and stuff, because I do have certain family members that have, because again, like we mentioned before, everybody's on their own spiritual journey. And I definitely have some family members that are kind of in just like this cycle where they just continue to make same mistakes over and over and over again. And it puts all of us in like a state of flight or fight, you know, because like when we're stressed, we're in a state of like fight or flight. Um, So just like you said, Martin, like just really trying to build empathy, really trying to understand their other person's side and like and like how they're feeling. Because like you said, Martin, no one very rarely are we going to find people that intentionally really want to to heart to, you know, like to make fun of and, and hurt people. Everyone generally, they they want to do good, but it's just like, for us, like it, it, we have to really take the time to really just build that compassion and build, and which is easier said than done, and and look through their eyes as well. So that way, once we're able to see things through their eyes, it's sort of like okay, like now we 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 know what's happening, and now we can address it, be mindful of it, and then we can we can start to work out things, and let's make and we can rebuild these family relationships. Um, so I I, I wanted to share and just add that as well to the conversation because similar to you, as I was hearing like your story, I was like. Yeah, I'm definitely resonating with some of the things too, with like certain with certain family members of myself. Um, me and me and my father, just to share, like we've recently reconnected because like our relationship has always been up and down. And it was up until both him and me both realized through our own like our other like our points of views, that's when we're able to find that mutual respect and we're starting to open up to each other and be more comfortable. But that step, Martin, I, I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm 24. That step probably took like 15 years of, of of just ups and downs. So as I was hearing your answer, I just want to be like, just wanted to share as well, because it's important for us to open up and, and, and have these conversations. So that way more people are mindful of them, but credit to you, Martin, for doing that. Thank you. And I think one thing when you spoke felt like important to say as well, because that, that what we just talked about is, is more common in society that we hear that a lot, but also that we need to create boundaries. You know, it is important to say, stop 
this is this is far enough like whatever we are talking about if i feel a boundary of myself is being touched it touched in a sense of like someone is approaching and i'm i'm saying okay this is enough i don't want to hear this i don't want to see this whatever to be really clear and to to be that in a loving way as difficult as it might sound but anger in itself will just create a counter reaction right so because you ask what is my advice my advice is definitely to have good relationships but sometimes my teacher said it's important to bite first and then to clarify you know if it's if it's getting to a point where where the a line has been crossed then it's okay to bite and to apologize and say i'm sorry i didn't mean to be like that but there's a boundary and you cross it and i hadn't didn't have the ways of communicating it early because i didn't realize but when i realized and you didn't back off i needed to do something because you were really kind of like uh encroaching or kind of like coming coming uh over that line yeah like you said like boundary setting is so important and it's important for us to stick to the boundaries that we set and as we are growing like, I mean, obviously, like when we're younger, there's certain people, they they know boundaries perfectly when they're younger. For other people, we have to learn that. And, and for myself, similar to you a little bit, too, I've had to learn a lot about boundary setting with my family and also even even with some of my relationships in the past, too. I've really I've really had to learn that boundary setting is so important and to point that out when people cross a boundary, because we're not just going to be like, oh, I just violated about like, no, like sometimes it happens by mistake and by accident. But it's up to us to be like, hey, like you violated a boundary here. Like I, I can whatever whatever boundary it is, you either accept it or you don't. You know what I mean? So we have to be able to acknowledge that. So credit to you, Martin, for doing that. And 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 it's 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 definitely hard though. It's easier said than done. It's it, it is. Um, but just transition a little bit. I know we talked a lot about your journey. Uh, we talked a little bit about relationships, and I've really enjoyed our conversation so far. Um, but with this podcast, I do like to add a little astrology element to it. Um, so for Martin, uh, just just a, just a little general question. When it comes to astrology, how do you feel about it overall? And do you and how much do you really know about astrology? Hmm, I would say I am. I know the zodiac signs. I know the elements that belong to the zodiac signs. I uh, know when those zodiac signs like when, when you tell me your birthday, I know what zodiac sign you are. Apart from that, I just know a little bit about my rising sign and my, uh, like my sun and my ascendant because I read up on this. And other than that, I would say general knowledge, a little bit about like those different signs and how their characters are a little bit. Did maybe sometimes, for example, some I don't know that well, and I, I try to deduce from the element that is consistent in that zodiac sign and then to kind of feel for it how does how does that that sign feel to me and what are the traits of people common traits maybe so i'm not knowledgeable about that that's where i leave convention and just make up my mind <laughs> dive into stereotypes sometimes but they are often more often true than not so that's my knowledge yeah, definitely, Martin. I always like to ask that question because like I always like to view astrology as it's like another tool in the toolbox to help understand ourselves. Like there's so many resources out there 
Um, and there's so many that a lot of them we're not aware of, like even with the stuff like you do, Martin, that we've talked about earlier in the podcast. Like for me, like that was my first time hearing about like spirit animals and totem animals and connecting with nature. So it's crazy to see how much resources there are there, but how much we really need to know, like we don't know. Um, so that's how I like to view astrology as well. It's like another way to help us understand each other. And for you, Martin, just like overall for me, like the planets, like I know you mentioned like rising sign, like that's like who you appear to others as like first impressions, the energy you give off to people. Um, sun sign, obviously when people ask like, oh, when's your birthday? That's when you can figure out that's who you are to your core. Um, the moon sign is like how you process things emotionally. And I think this is the part of the yeah, this is the part of the chart that has always been very interesting because when people ask like who you are to your core, how you process things emotionally can be completely different. Um, so for your for so for yours, Martin, like you have a lot of so your sun is in Virgo and then your moon sign is in Gemini. So it makes sense as to like Gemini energy is very like social, you know, likes to travel, likes to really like free spirited, really likes to find really likes to find like deep in intuitive conversations. Um, but since Gemini is an air sign, Gem like if you picture the air, like air can be very free flowing and very gentle, but also can be stone cold. Um, so, so yeah, so you have a mixture of like Gemini and then you have Virgo energy as well. Cause you're a Virgo sun, Mercury, Mercury, that's the planet of communication. So communication style, um, yours is also in Virgo as well. So these are like some of the planets that I do know a little bit. Um, but like I mentioned before, like it's, it's just another way to help us understand ourselves. And I know Virgos are very detail oriented. Like they really like to sit back, analyze. So I can definitely see how the mixture of the Virgo energy for you were that passion for helping people sitting back, really trying to like focus on the details, really help them like, Hey, like what is going on here that you need to that you need to like reset and refix so that way you're able to grow and be an even better self. And then the Gemini energy is the putting yourself out there, wanting to come on podcasts, wanting to know information, loving to read because Gemini's love that. Um, so, so as I was describing the mixture of the two energies a little bit, how do you feel? Uh, feels, feels good. And I didn't even know about the moon sign being the, the emotional handling and uh, it's a double sign, right? Gemini so it's ambivalent it's also up and down it's kind of like that 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 dynamics of that double sign so I definitely resonate with that that <clears throat> not only stone cold but maybe at some point uh really nice and the next minute when something happens I I get really angry really fast so um yeah emotions is uh, and and that sign is a something I didn't know and I thank you for that Oh, yeah, of course. And and once we are done recording, I can send you a bunch more links. Um, but with the podcast, I do like to keep it a little short when it comes to that. But Martin, so to, before we wrap everything up, um, when it comes to astrology, this website that it, it's a good little website for everybody that just wants to know a little bit more about astrology. Um, it's called the horoscope.co. So what happens is once you find your astrology chart, um, then you can figure out like your sun and moon sign. And, and if you just Google it, it's the first website that usually pops up. So this is the horoscope.co and they give little readings based off of your sun and moon combination. Um, so as I give you, because with this reading, there's some positives, negatives, there's a perfect partner and advice. So as I give you that, just let me know how you feel. So you're a, Vir so you're a Virgo sun with a Gemini moon and it says a practical personality. 
passionate, the Virgo Sun Gemini Moon personality doesn't care about image issues or about how others perceive certain actions if those come from the soul. Positives for your Sun and Moon combination. Brilliant, analytical, and perceptive. Negatives can get distracted at times. Perfect partner, someone who will work just as hard as them about their relationship. And word of advice for your sun and moon combination, they need to be more open to emotional matters. So as I give you your little positives, negatives, perfect partner and advice, what are some thoughts that come to mind? The traits were were really uh, interesting that this needs to be that. And then I was just asking myself, where where is that perfect partner? I'm not alone with asking myself that question. So um, good. I mean, I, I, like I told you, I have already invested quite some time in into that. And uh, the combination feels like um, the the last clause when you talked about like when when the when the soul is in it, if when that would have missed, I would have said that is not quite correct because I'm thinking or have been thinking about like I told you what others think of me a lot. But when uh, when it's a matter of the heart, when it's something I really that is speaking from the soul, then then I don't care. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think it's it's pretty accurate. Yeah, and of course, Martin, just like I mentioned before, like if you want to know a little bit more, I can always send you a bunch of links once we are done recording and stuff. And like I said before, it's just another another asset, another little thing to help us really under, understand ourselves. Um, but Martin, I've really enjoyed our podcast today. You've, we really talked about a lot, your journey, relationships, and even astrology. Where can everybody check out your work and, and all the stuff you love to do? Yeah, so uh, Light Trails, C-O, light as in dark or light or heavy and light, uh, and trails as a path. Lighttrails.co is my company name and uh, website, <laughs> both, actually. And um, you can find me there. I'm not too active on social media, but I'm, I'm starting to uh, increase that now. And I'm having a webinar that is actually going on where we dive into totem animals, shamanic journeys, and the medicine wheel. It's three different webinars, three different days, and people who want to just dive in, it's free. Con uh, con What's that again in, in English? Complimentary. Complimentary. So uh, everybody can just join. Um, yeah, I'd love to see you. If you have questions about the shamanic journey or totem animals, just send me a, an email and... Uh, I'll answer it. Yeah, of course, Martin. And I'll make sure to put all the links that you mentioned in the show description so you guys can just click on that, message Martin. And, and if you want to know more information, Martin will help you out. But Martin, I've really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you for everything. And, and please stay safe. Yeah. Thank you.